Thank you so much for joining us for the Thrive in Fertility podcast brought to you by the Quilla Institute. Because when you've reached the end of your fertility journey, I want you to be able to say, I lived well. I thrived. Thanks for joining us today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Thrive in Fertility podcast. This is Kathy Quillet, your host and CEO of the Quillet Institute. I'm really excited that you're joining us today because I have one extremely talented, really smart doozy of a guest. She's so fun. You are going to wish by the end of this that you were sitting at a table with us in a, in a bar in New York City drinking a glass of Chardonnay with this girl because she is so fun. I have with me today, Nicole Barati. She is a super woman. Let's just talk about this. She is a certified women's sex coach and a functional nutritionist and has been doing so for well over a decade and holds more than 30 certifications. She connects the dots between mind, body, and sex. She's a gifted speaker, author, and podcaster. Nicole, welcome to the Thrive in Fertility podcast. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you so much for that awesome introduction. I feel really special, and if you could see me now, I'm totally blushing. I'm so excited for you, Kathy, for your new podcast, your books that you've released, your new upcoming book, and just everything that you have going on. You're such an inspiration. And I love following you. I love being friends with you. And I'm so glad that we've connected. Me too. Thank you. We live states away, but trust me, the next time I get to the East Coast, I'm hitting you up and we're going to go to the Jersey Shore. (laughs) You are welcome here anytime. (laughs) Thank you. So you just recently launched a book. Tell us about that. Yes. My book is called The Gemma Method, Sex and the Modern Woman. So my book helps women redefine sex. GEMMA is an acronym for get balanced by eating libido-loving foods, meditating, mindfulness in masturbation, and of course, sex. Of course. My book redefines what sex means from a cellular level within the woman. So we start in the brain, the mind stuff, and then we go into the body stuff. And y'all, she created it to look like a magazine. It's beautiful. It is very pretty. It is. Looks like you're reading Vogue magazine, so it's fun. And you're going to need a couple days to get through it because it is hefty. It is packed full of recipes and information and research and heart. So look that up, the Gemma method. So here's the question. For you, and I'm sure you're asking, why sexologist on here? Because infertility robs us of our bedroom. Something that I talk about um, a lot of times when I speak about such a topic is my, let's see, my bridal shower back in 07, glory, that was a long time ago. Um, I remember one of my mama's sweet friends, Karen, said to me, um, we were talking about sex, of course, because what else do you talk about at a bridal shower other than that and giving my mom grandchildren? But she said, Kathy, here's a dare for you. I want you to put a coin in a jar every time you have sex in a year and then use that money on your anniversary to go out. And she said, 
on your first anniversary, you are going to be able to go out for a nice steak dinner. By year 10, she said, it is going to dwindle and you might be able to get a combo meal at Burger King. And I was like, shut up. That's so dumb. That's not going to be me. Enter stage right infertility. Now, what happens with sex and infertility is not only does it make it super scientific, it extinguishes the fire, but we have sex. It's, it's nothing but like a chemistry experiment. And then we use all that money to go out for our anniversary dinner and we have nothing left to talk about except for infertility. And so I wanted us to have Nicole on here to talk to us about how do we reignite fire in the bedroom? Because at the end of all of this, we're going to have a baby. And when we have a baby, we're still going to be exhausted. Our nipples are then going to be used for, for breastfeeding. No good sex happens then. So Nicole, help us, help us intervene so that all of these women that are listening can reignite the fire in the bedroom. So I always say there's love making and there's baby making. Baby making is very timed, very rehearsed and very much on schedule. And like you said, an act, right? So it's just get the job done. Love making is more about the connection and bringing the feminine energy into the bedroom. A lot of times throughout the fertility journey, we tend to lose our feminine energy. We have the masculine energy and we have the feminine energy in every living being. For some reason, the fertility journey robs us once again. And this time it's of the feminine. We are meant to be fertile, creative, female creatures. Here we are hit by a Mack truck with news that we can't have a baby on our own. And we find ourselves in a clinic in the masculine energy of science. Mm. Don't get me wrong. I love science, but that's my masculine side. That's my masculine energy. And then balancing that with my feminine energy is where I'm more of the free flowing creative spirit. So how do we get more in touch with our feminine energy throughout this process and bring that feminine energy into the bedroom? For one, we have to forget about the schedules. We're still using our schedules and tracking everything, doing our meds uh, according to those schedules. Everything is schedule, 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 schedule. But we have to make time in our day for spontaneity for creativity and for playfulness. There is no playfulness in baby making, is there? There isn't, but there's playfulness in love making. Yes. So before we started recording, we were talking a little bit about toys and bringing toys into the bedroom is a playful aspect of sex. But what about outside the bedroom? So dancing, right? Having that date, just like in the beginning when you met your partner and you were dating and you went out to dinner and you connected over your meal, right? There were no devices. There was no distraction. It was just the two of you in this harmonious energy sharing a meal. 
And then perhaps after your meal, you went out dancing. In current times, going out dancing may not exist in your area. I know in my area of New York and New Jersey, it is non-existent. So we have to get creative. There is more to the dancing energy than going to a dance club to dance. We can go home after a nice meal and give each other a massage. Mm -hmm. And then that massage might lead to one thing or sleep. Yeah. One thing or the other. And then we have to find time in our lives to be creative. I have found personally during the COVID lockdown that I have had so much more time to become more creative and to reconnect with my own creativity that I had before becoming a mom. And becoming a mom made me so busy and then becoming an entrepreneur made me even busier, writing a book even busier. During lockdown, I did write my book in 90 days, but only Monday through Friday. I really reserved my weekends for playing with my family and crafting. So finding your creative energy, your creative outlet, really brings on the endorphins, lowers the cortisol, and brings on the oxytocin. And they're all really good lovemaking, playful, and baby-making hormones. Yes. I remember Nicole being in grad school and there was this, uh, this guy who was probably 15, 20 years older than me. I was a single young woman. And I asked him one day, I said, Bill, tell me you and your wife look so in love and so connected all the time. And I said, tell me the secret. And being a marriage and family therapy student, I thought certainly he'd be like communication or date nights (laughs) or something. And he looked at me and I was a ripe age of 25, again, single. And he said, Kath, 24 hour foreplay. <laughs> and I love it. I tell my clients that all the time. We need to reboost mm-hmm. what's going on in the bedroom. Start in the morning while you're making your coffee. Yes. Yes. I had a family member recently who went through a divorce and then a really tough breakup with a girlfriend. And he said, you know, what I notice about you guys, meaning me and my husband is you like to do things together and doing things together, like as simple as cooking, grocery shopping, going to the farmer's market, paddle boarding, kayaking. The fact that you like to do things together will keep you together. And like you said, that's like 24 hours of foreplay, just having that connection without distractions is like 24 hours of foreplay. We yes. again have to redefine what foreplay means to us. And it isn't necessarily like touching and kissing and petting and you know the teenage acts of foreplay. There are other Not just ways. Lusty. Yeah. There are other ways to bring in foreplay. Yes. And foreplay never happens when you're talking about fertility treatments. Am I right? They never happen. Foreplay in the clinics here is, okay, we're going to dim the lights and we're going to play soft music and the ceiling is going to light up to look like the stars in the night Mm -hmm. and your partner is going to hold your hand. 
and we're gonna play some softer music and then we're gonna put the tube in and right you know you're gonna be touched out by the end of this you're not gonna go home feeling orgasmic high sure sure So connection is important. What I heard you say earlier is going back to the beginning flirtation stage of a relationship and that part of our relationship and fertility hasn't infiltrated those pieces yet. There's like we've talked about in previous podcasts, kind of this like BCAD moment where infertility really intersects with your life and brings about all the hard. Yes. None of that for most people, unless there's a diagnosis of premature ovarian failure, you lost a tube early in life, or maybe something genetic with male factor, et cetera. Right. Nothing has stolen less than sex yet. Mm-hmm. Enter infertility and it's like, whoa, no, we have to, we have to be intimate. We have to have sex. But if we can right. remember and go back There's statistics research that says couples that have the best sex talk about sex. Yes, absolutely. Yes. What are some, we didn't talk about this, Nicole, before, but what are some good sex talk starters? Because you do do some coaching for some, uh, Mm -hmm. et cetera. I always say talk about sex outside the bedroom. Don't talk about sex while you're in the bedroom with your clothes off. Talk about sex over dinner. And you brought it up, flirting. Flirt your way into the conversation because sex talk is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, especially you go in with the plan and your partner is like, uh-oh, where is this going? Is this like the talk? What am I doing wrong? And a lot of partners get defensive that they're not pleasing you. What am I doing wrong? What can I do differently? when we open the conversation with what do you like mm. how can i please you more and your partner of course is going to be like um um start blushing sweating i don't know i don't know and then you flirt with well do you want to know what i like you know you put on the flirty voice again it's that feminine energy yes. we're bringing that feminine energy into the conversation that is going to actually turn your partner on and make your partner a little bit more open and be more available to vulnerability. Yes. So when we soften the edges of that masculine energy and we bring in the feminine, even to the conversation about sex, your partners love it. Yes. So every time I talk to a group about sex, Nicole, there's always one or two women that come up to me and say, I have a higher sex drive than my husband. Very common in the fertility journey. Very common. Yeah. Um, So what do you say to those women? Very normal. So women who are going through infertility treatment have a higher sex drive counterparts or even their female counterparts. Mm. Typically, once you've had children or you're going through perimenopause, you have the opposite effect. You have less of a sex drive than your counterparts. I don't know the reason for the latter, but the first is it's all the hormones that they're giving you. It's that progesterone that you're taking that is causing the higher sex drive. And so 
I say, you know, we have to respect your partner's boundaries. We have to not pressure them, but most partners love it. Some partners are like, all right, listen, I'm sexed out. You've used me as a sperm machine. Um, I I can't go down on you anymore. I'm just, my neck hurts. I need to sleep. (laughs) Yes. So, you know, I have a great respect for toys and for masturbation. And a lot of my book is about masturbation. I know when Kathy read it, she was blushing, texting me (laughs) with like the blushing face, like, OMG. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) But I think that masturbation plays a great role in fertility and in sex talk. So we have the conversation with our partner about what we like. How do we know what we like? We're not going to know what we like to be able to tell our partner what we like until we've explored it ourselves. Second, we get to know our body much better from a whole different place. And third, it's really good for fertility. It increases your chances of getting pregnant because it's stimulating all of the nerves that it needs. It's Mm. stimulating the hormones that you need. It's giving a pelvic floor and a uterine massage and it's making your hormones happy. So it's lowering your cortisol, putting the catecholamines to sleep and bringing about the oxytocin and the endorphins that runners high, which you need to make a happy environment for conceiving. Yeah. So much. Okay. So there are some people who are going to be listening to this that are going to say, I'm not up for toys and I'm against masturbation. Mm -hmm. That being said, that's okay. That's okay. Start flirting 24 hour foreplay and just talk about it. Let this be something that is open conversation between you and your partner, right? before masturbation, before toys, or alongside of those things, all that's really great advice, Nicole. I love it. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) But for those of you who might be thinking, I don't know that I'm ready to go there. That's just not something I've ever, like, that's just never been something I've ever been comfortable with. Great. Have the conversation. We have to bring the fire back. Okay. Because I want, people used to say to me like, oh, isn't it gross? Like who wants to think about their parents having sex? I don't want to think about my parents having sex. Hear me when I say that very firmly, but Mm -hmm. I still hope that like older people are having it. I want to be a 70 year old. That's like, woohoo, this is still really great because we worked for it. Right. Right. And everybody listening, I want to have the type of a romantic relationship with my husband, like holding hands, hugging, whatever, that my kids are like, mom. (laughs) Do you know how many of my clients are 65 and over? Really? Yes. I have several over the years, several clients, 65 and over, only women. Good and for them. Some of them have over sex drive and some of them have low libido. Wow. Mm-hmm. I love all of that. Moral of the story is we have to fight for good sex. In the same way that you're fighting yes. to have sex for a baby, thriving means we're not just having sex to make a baby. Right. We are fighting and to thrive in the bedroom because our romance 
and our connection to our partner is so strong. We're so connected. We're so in love that a baby is going to come into a loving situation because listen, we're taught in health class, sex makes it. We have sex out of love so that we can make a baby again, Mm -hmm. enter infertility and it doesn't happen. It becomes a little bit more of a science project, but we have to bring the romance back into the bedroom. So what I tell my clients sometimes, if you need to have calculated sex in your ovulatory window and you have to do it right, choose non-ovulatory times to be romantic, to do things that might not make a baby so that you can keep up your sex drive, romance, connection, right? Yes. Yes. There are way more ways to have sex than what we're taught in school and what we see in movies, because what we see in movies is not sex. Right. I always wonder why do they portray it like that? Like, (laughs) right. Right. Well, they have to sell movie tickets. So they have to say, Oh, that's hot. That's steamy. I'm going to go home and try that. And most likely the female partner is like, like, no, 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 this is working for me. Like that. This isn't how my body works. Right. Right. The female body works very differently than is portrayed in movies. Yes. Yes. So what I love about this conversation, Nicole, is this is a really jumping off point. If we could both leave this conversation and say, go have, go flirt, go have a conversation, not in the bedroom, Mm -hmm. explore other ways to bring romance into the bedroom and have good non-ovulatory sex. Right. Go on a trip. Well, maybe not during COVID, but (laughs) plan an evening that might remind you of something that you did early in your marriage or early in your dating relationship, because we've got to figure out how to reignite the fire that infertility extinguished. Go out for a hike. Right. Hiking weather is coming. Oh my gosh. Can you write? In the winter, go for a ski. I, I love getting out in nature with my husband. It's bringing in that feminine energy that I talked about and it's connecting because when you're out in nature, you're not playing with your cell phone. Yes. Yes. Put that down in the bedroom too. Exactly. Yes. Don't fall asleep. What I tell my couples mm-hmm. to connect about uh, just communication in their day, because a lot of times we're just ships in the night. Spend the yes. last 10 to 15 minutes of your day face to face. Yes. Not talking about who didn't do the laundry, not talking about, you know, household chores or work stress or whatever. Connect on a really interpersonal level. And a lot of times romance can build out of that emotional connection. Absolutely. So Nicole, thank you so much for coming on. I feel like you thank and I you. could sit and talk about this all day long, but. Oh my gosh, we could. Totally. <laughs> How do people find you? How do people find your book? Where are you on social media? I am all over the internet as sex talk with Nicole. My yes. website is sextalkwithnicole.com. And I'm really easy to find because I'm the only sex talk with Nicole. Yes. Love it. If you need coaching or a good resource in in books, she does speaking. You need to follow her. Y'all just listen. If you follow her on Facebook, some of, I mean, sometimes I blush just watching like her posts 
the other day, oh my, I'm just, I'm not going to give it away. You need to go find her and follow her so that you can receive all of her tips and tricks all the time because they are good and you are going to want to go home and talk to your partner about them. They're that good. Well, thank you, Nicole, for joining me today. Thank you. I really loved being here. Yes. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining me for this installment of the Thrive Infertility Podcast. We will be back next week talking about more ways to thrive in the midst of infertility. Have a great week. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Thrive Infertility brought to you by the Quillet Institute. Don't forget to check us out online at thequillitinstitute.com or at the Quillet Institute on Instagram and Facebook. Have a great day.